0: again everybody welcome to another edition this week's episode number 91 of the lab fc mini podcast great to have everybody in listening And watching on the YouTube side, The Lab f Hitting Podcast, YouTube page, and of course, on Apple, Google, Spotify, Pandora, etc. Listening on the audio side, let's get right into this. Our topic today, 2022 hitting trends. Last week, I couldn't seem to pinpoint 2022. I said 2021 and I said 2001, but I didn't say 2022. So it's 2022 hitting trends, our main topic today bring in professional evaluators successful business owner former coach friend co-host hello amigo hey so i promised um <laughs> that
1: that's like stoney from uh now what's his name in, in major league where he said he's not the best color man in the business for nothing
0: oh uh, bob uecker
1: yeah what is his sidekick's name
0: though <laughs> Uh, that's the, I don't, I'm not sure. I don't remember. You're not remember. supposed to remember the sidekick's name because yeah, you don't I call know. him the best color yeah. commentator. Um, that's right. So you mentioned before we got started that the lockout is now over and I promise this will be the last time we talk about it. And if you don't mind, I just want to quickly make a couple of points here and then I'll let you say what you need to. I was thinking about this yesterday when it was signed uh, and I, I hold firm to the belief that what I said a couple of weeks ago about the owners being great businessmen They wouldn't be billionaires and they wouldn't own professional sports teams if they weren't great businessmen and they weren't great negotiators. I have a theory here, Jimmy conspiracy theorist for a second, if I may. I believe that the owners, when they gave the players an ultimatum and told them take it or leave it with the deal that they offered, I think they knew that there was more money coming and financial flexibility and more opportunities to negotiate and give the players more of what they wanted was coming the very next week. I think they believed when we went into that quote-unquote deadlock or whatever it was, whatever the media called it, I think the owners believed that they would sign when they did. They wouldn't miss any games, albeit they would have to play some doubleheaders towards the end of the year. But they weren't going to miss any games. And I say that because Major League Baseball this week signed a deal with Apple to stream games for a lot of money. That's a pretty ironclad, solid deal mm-hmm. and a lot of money. I also think, too, and to me, this is why it's not really a conspiracy theory. I also believe that the reason they put out there that international draft thing and everybody made a huge deal about it when it really shouldn't have been. And it wasn't a week ago. And Max Scherzer basically came out and tweeted about that was because they just want to make sure all the eyes or all the dots on the eyes were dotted. And whatever that's, however that stupid saying goes. Nevertheless, that's my belief. Call me conspiracy theorist. That's okay. But I do believe that that's kind of what went on. And we kind of knew once that talk of the streaming from Apple and now Peacock was probably going to happen and the contract was signed. Okay, let's get this thing done.
1: There's just, there's so much money and you hit the nail on the head with the fact that they're businessmen. Mm-hmm. that's why they own teams and then you have the silent owners the right. ones you don't hear about in the press you know i mean we can use colorado as an example with the first where you know they get their revenue sharing and they get their money and they get you know 80 percent capacity at the ballpark and they make you know 80 million dollars a year and they don't have to put a great you know team on the field they don't have to go out and spend a whole lot because they'll be 500 and you that's what they do. They're, they're making money. You need somebody, honestly, like Steve Cohen, that's, he wants to win. He's a fan. He's got money. He doesn't care if he burns it. He, he wants to win and you have so many different levels of ownership in, in major league baseball, but people aren't successful in business without being smart, Trude. without doing research, without surrounding themselves yeah. with smart people and and being cutthroat negotiators. And that was gonna be very hard going up against, you know, whatever, twenty-six or how many teams do we have now? I don't know how many teams we have. It's probably a bad number I just threw out. But 30. regardless, like you you have like really you have really smart people with really smart lawyers. And yeah. then you have the union. And then they have they have smart lawyers too, don't get me wrong. But right. you know, they're 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 also, you know, players, you know, that are yeah. that are trying but there's to a reason themselves too, along with
0: them. But there's also a reason that the players finally came around to the business dealings of owners when it came as it pertains to the CBA. And they probably were CBA too late when they finally realized, Hey, we're getting beat here. That's what I mean about being shrewd businessmen yeah, and negotiators.
1: Yeah. And they knew that, you know, everybody looks at the players, oh, these guys make so much money and this right. and that, and they're so selfish. And there's so much more to that. Like they're trying, they're, they're not trying to help themselves. They're trying to help the younger generation of players that are coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the ones that are there already. And the, and the guys that, you know, the Max Scherzers, you guys that have been in the league for 10 years. But they, you know, they're, they're fine. It's, they're trying to stick up for the young players that are getting set up and down all the time and not logging enough games to be considered, you know, a, a, their rookie year. And therefore the, the teams can control them longer. and, I don't know. It's a business and, and I get it. Um, It's just a shame that people, you know, people usually frown on the players, you know, a lot of the time on this and um, you know, it's, it's both sides, you know, it's not just the players, not everybody in the game makes, you know, millions and millions of dollars.
0: You know, one of the things that was in there, a couple of rule changes and thank God they're going away from the seven inning double headers. Thank God there's no more runner at second base. In extra innings, yeah. for that at the minor league level, not for it at the major league level. So it seems like we're going back to just playing baseball again. Although I'm not a big fan either of the the big the bases being bigger or is possibly that, being bigger. Yeah, I, I'm possibly. not sure if that's well, definitely though, right? I'm, I'm not sure if that's definite. I'm okay with the DH. I'm not okay with the bases being bigger if that does indeed pass. But the one thing that is, I'm surprised that the bigger bases, by the way, is not getting more yeah. more of a contentious reaction from people but the one thing that is um people are glossing over and i can't believe it, it it's the shift Think about i don't know again i'm not sure if, if it's now completely banned or what the case may be but i'm gonna ask you this question straight out i should have done more preparation but i should i but i'm gonna ask you this question straight out about the shift if it is indeed banned or when it does get banned and players have come out hitters a lot of them have, come out and and complained about the shift pitchers on the other side. They don't want to ban the shift. So I'm just going to ask you, how do hitters beat the shift? Let's finally put this to bed. Let's just solve this problem for everybody. How do they go about beating the shift major league, minor league hitters? How do they do it?
1: Well, you, you have to have back control. Um, It's not as easy as it sounds. Um, You know, if I'm a left-handed hitter, and i have a second baseman in uh, shallow right field and i have a shortstop on the second base men side of the field you know a lot of people say oh it's easy i'm just going to try to shoot something the other way um yeah the ball's moving 95 miles an hour or more and they're not going to throw you a pitch middle away so you can just easily shoot a ball to the other <laughs> the other way um it's not as easy as it sounds you know we can't just slap it you know maybe we can bunt you know maybe we can do that once in a while and then you got to figure out you know does that does that bunt help you know does that because guys bunted last year you know to, to try to help with it or do i take my chances and try to hit the ball in the air over the shift one out of every 14 or 15 times i'm up at the plate and maybe that scores two or three runs, and maybe every third game, uh, my contribution beats your team. So there's there's so many levels to, to beating the shift. There's, okay, I, I don't care. I'm just going to hit the ball in the air to the mm-hmm. pole side. Um, the other is I'm going to try to go the other way to do it. So what would be a neat study, and, and I don't know when this will occur, but – would be okay. We're going to try to beat the shift, you know, as, a, as an offensive coordinator, if you will, you know, as, mm-hmm. whether it's the manager or the hitting coach, um, you know, their game plan is we're going to beat the shift. So wherever they're not standing, we're going to try to hit the ball there and we're going to give it 25 games. And mm-hmm. we're going to see if that was beneficial or not. Mm-hmm. I don't think it would be beneficial. I really don't. I, I think.
0: And why do you say that is because you're getting, now you're taking hitters out of their element guys who yeah. might have power you, to the pull side, like a Gallo correct. for example, so that, yeah. who was very vocal about it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what you're doing here. You're, you're taking a guy that could hit a, hit a two run or three run home run. And you're mm-hmm. forcing him to hit a ball uh, on the ground the other way for a single. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next guy up, are they going to shift on him or not shift on him? Well, if they don't shift on him, you know, you might as well walk. Might as well have a good at bat and and lock. So, but you know, do they shift with everyone and does everyone take that same approach? Again, it's a, it would be a really cool senior thesis paper.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I agree with you there. But you talked about the first thing you said there was barrel control. The guys who have the barrel control, just guys off the top of my head Correa, Bo, Bichette blad mm-hmm. jr freddie freeman guys we talked about during the mechanical breakdown series even a chris Bryant, for example our free agent edition by the mm-hmm. way go back in the archives and listen yep. audio and on the youtube side um they all have barrel control they don't struggle as much with the shift as say a guy with a lot of power a luke voigt i mean aaron judge is great barrel control too he doesn't really struggle much with the shift but a Luke Voigt, for example, a Joey Gallo, those guys, they struggle against the shift because they don't have the, the barrel control. So, Yeah, think, or the I, approach. I'm not uh, sure I mean, I, what I kind think... of thesis or what kind of paper or or not even a study, what kind of game plan you could come up with that could try and beat the shift because you have guys in the lineup that could because they have a different skill than a power guy is what I'm trying to say. and y-
1: yeah, and you see the shift more predominantly with left-handed hitters. Um, I mean, you you do see it with right-handers too, but the the really big shifts, you know, where they have a ton of guys on the pole side, a lot of times it's it's because of a left-handed hitter because you can throw somebody out from right center field, but you can't throw somebody out from left center field. You know, if they're if they're a right-handed batter, yeah, that's pulling the ball. Nobody's gonna you know a sh- having a shortstop in left center and having a second baseman over in the shortstop area that doesn't do anybody any good. So you see it, you know, with more somebody like Votto, but, but Votto has the mechanics and the swing. I mean, I, I didn't see a lot of him last year after he got traded, but I have swings of Votto that are, they're beautiful. Like they yeah, really well, we are. We talked there. about
0: him last week, if you remember, and in, yeah. uh, in episode 90, we discussed his swing and what he did early in his career and what he's doing now, what he's doing, not now. so much of,
1: yeah. And and he so he has the ability. Like if you said, Hey, we're gonna take BP, I want you to hit a line drive over the shortstop head, shortstop's head, you know, the next five pitches, I guarantee you he could do it. He has yeah. that ability. He's a big leaguer and he, he I know those mechanics are in there. So it's it's down to approach, you know, it's down to vision too. It's a, uh, about how we see things and um, you know, I don't know what motto's you know, vision is like some, some people have, you know, extremely, you know, 2010 vision, 2012 vision, and some guys don't. Mm-hmm. And uh, the guys that don't have to cheat a little bit more. And he may be one of those guys and that's okay because with bad vision, he's in the big leagues and he's making a lot of money and he's helping his team.
0: He's so I looked him up this week because I was doing some post-production stuff for the show and he's 37 years old. He looks pretty good for his age.
1: Bottom. Speaking- or, yes. I'm sorry, I wasn't thinking Votto. Well, I said, was thinking you... Joey. I was thinking Joey Gallo. Oh. I was. Gallo. I was all confused. Gallo. <laughs> Jerry Gallo. <laughs> <You were> th-
0: <laughs> if there's ever a time, there's ever a time.
1: Yeah, so we talked about Votto last week. Yeah, yeah. different stuff. Go
0: yeah, Votto definitely.
1: Votto definitely had good control over his bat. I, I would. I would. Definitely agree with that. And I, and I think Gallo actually has better back control than he shows.
0: And thinks. Cause apparently he thinks he can't beat the shift.
1: Yeah, he does. I've never been, I've
0: never been a, I've never been a big Joey, Joey Gallo guy, to be honest with you. If you ask me, yeah. I'm not a big Joey Gallo guy. Never. Have yeah. 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 I don't care. That I'm, I'm sorry. That's what I was thinking people. of.
1: I have, I have my, uh, you know, apparently my Italian guys mixed up. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry
0: Votto looks great for his age my like, old
1: roommate Mike Rollo yeah would not would not appreciate me mixing up my Italian-American baseball you're players.
0: talking to somebody who's Italian right now too
1: I know now
0: you know, you've got all these Italian grease balls in your head
1: all my best friends in the world are Italian always have been
0: you get along because well with the kid you get along well with Italians apparently I do wonder about. why that is I don't know. What's your astrological sign? (laughs) (laughs) The
1: the Mediterranean in me.
0: Yeah. Um, Speaking of looking good, I look pretty good for my age. You look great for your age. This lighting, though, (laughs) I I don't. You've been busting my balls for two weeks about this lighting. I don't like how the lighting looks tonight, quite frankly. I don't like it.
1: It it looks like the uh, Tampa Police Department is interviewing you.
0: I'm I'm glowing. I don't want to glow. We have Uh, to figure this out
1: very soon. You need some rope lighting.
0: Because I look like I'm, I'm white as a ghost, and I'm not. I'm actually pretty tan.
1: Yeah. I,
0: I think light is making me – I had to move it around, and, you know, trying to, make okay. a, okay. trying to make a makeshift set for our, our weekly <laughs> podcast. Be sure to email us, jumbopodcast21gmail.com. Subscribe to the show, the Live Epstein Hitting Podcast YouTube page, and Apple, Google, Spotify, etc. Hey, check this so- thing
1: out. Follow us on social media
0: out. at jimtara at Epstein hitting on uh, wherever. Go ahead.
1: I'm going to plug this guy. Cause he's a really nice guy. And I actually like this little product he sent me. Yeah. It's called the rip grip pro.
0: What's that now? Is that golf?
1: No, no, no. So it, uh, you know, it loosens your top hand up. So so many players, you know, like they, they wrap their top hand. So uh, this younger, thing goes guys, on your fingers, younger
0: players do it
1: kind of like this. Yeah. A lot of players. And so when you hold it, you can't, you know really wrap your top hand this this guy right here kind of rests against the bat and it gives you a very loose top hand mm-hmm. so i've been trying it out with a lot of players this week but i just wanted to share that with you i like it if i was a player you know an older player i would i would have really liked that younger players were were testing now to see but you know i'll give you an update on this in, in uh, two to four weeks and see how it does
0: are you, is this so guy many t-
1: big leaguers use the thumb guard, right? They use the, mm-hmm. the pro hitter yeah. on their thumb. I mean, I don't know, 80% of major leaguers probably, maybe not that many, 70%. Mm-hmm. But uh, for me, it was something that I, I love to use because it did, it took my top hand from, from strangling the bat and allowed me to release it a little bit more. And, you know, I'm a big guy for barrel release, you know, teaching that, you know, out in front and maximizing our barrel speed. So anything I can use, in order to, to help players with that, we're going to try So we're going to try this thing. I'll get back to everyone mm-hmm. in a few weeks and let you know how it goes. So now that we're totally off topic.
0: Is uh, is that guy paying you or? No, or, no. he no. just
1: uh, one of my guys went to the ABCA and brought mm-hmm. one back. And he's like, hey, yep, yeah, check this out. And I was like, well, I kind of like this. And yeah. so uh, I contacted the guy and was like, hey, man, what do you got going on? Do you have kid-sized adults? So he was like, oh, I'll send you a couple. Try it out. So. We're in the trying out stage.
0: And so this does this. Is, so he didn't pay you for it, for this free spot. No, 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 there's, there's,
1: there's no, there's no paid endorsement.
0: Uh-huh. No,
1: there's no pay. I mean, I could tell everyone that it's terrible in two weeks, but I won't because deep down, I think I like it.
0: I think I like, um, so we're not getting any cut for, t- for, we're not long getting long anything, which is, this is, this no. show is broadcast in all these countries and yes. YouTube, and he's not okay. Right. Yeah. You
1: know what? I, I hope this guy's listening, but I just got a new. I hope so too. Tell
0: him I want I want him to send me one. I want to try okay. it. I never had I that risk problem though. That's the thing. No. I always, I never had that issue. So no, never no. wrapped.
1: The kids that choke it. Yeah, I I had my first online member,
0: mm-hmm. I, and
1: I have I have many from all over the world, but my first one from Slovenia. Oh. Signed okay. up, uh, last night. Yeah.
0: I will. I'm I all know, excited. I don't know if, uh, any, we have any Slovenia listeners. I'll have to take, I'll have to check. And if that go person is listening, out. if that person is listening, write us in Jimbo podcast, 21 at Gmail. Yeah. Yeah. Last week, episode- a beautiful
1: country, by the way, it's like, yeah. uh, I think it's just east of like Italy and Croatia kind of in there. Mm-hmm. So nice.
0: Uh, go there? last week we talked about, um, spring training uh, a proper spring training approach that was episode 90 you go back in the archives listen to it watch it on youtube um now with players who are finally um they were locked out and now they're let back in the question i have for you last week we touched on uh, spring training that spring training approach at bats etc what's this hitting schedule look like now for players in trying to last week you you reiterated, see pitches, see pitches. What's the schedule, though, like now and hitting those certain checkpoints, which we also talked about last week, in spring training with it being shortened, not sure how many games are actually going to be played. But with spring training being shortened about three weeks, opening day, April 6th and 7th, how did hitters get into a regiment and an actual schedule to get them ready for the season?
1: See pitches. Mm-hmm. It's still the same. So, you know, they're, again, they've, they've been hitting. They've been hitting right. every day for the last, you know, month. So the – they feel like they're in a pretty good spot. They're probably facing below off machines, which isn't, you know, the same as a game, but at least they're seeing something fast, excuse me, come at them. So, yeah, the big thing is they're going to jump right into games. Mm-hmm. And I think they're jumping into games in three or four days, if I'm not mistaken. So it's not taking long for them to jumpstart into spring training. Um, I would say if there were concerns with spring training, it'd be more on the pitching side, you know, right. getting guys getting guys amped up to be able to throw seven or seven innings, you know, seven or eight innings, even though, you know, players, pitchers typically don't throw that many innings anymore, but that would be the big concern is getting those guys game ready in three weeks because they're probably only going to have, you know, maybe four or five outings um, throwing two or three innings each during that time. So I think we're going to see the beginning of the season, you know, where pitchers just aren't going quite as long starting pitching until you know we probably hit late april or so but i think from a hitter standpoint maybe we're a little bit behind but i, I really don't think i i still think we're going to get you know three weeks you know we're going to get i don't know how many games are we going to get 20 days you know we're still going to get hopefully we get close to 40 or 50 of bats. right um, if you're better isn't it right yeah, which isn't a ton. It's going to be tougher for the young guys. So the guys that are trying to make a team, you know, the, the, those guys, the fourth outfielder guys, um, it's going to be a little bit tougher. There's a lot more stress and, and pressure on those guys to perform right away.
0: All right, well, let's get into today's topic, episode 91, talking about 2022 hitting trends. And there's a lot out there. I don't think the fundamentals have changed that make you successful in the last 50 years or so, but the trends are still there with launch angle, exit velocity, some other analytical statistics as it pertains to those hitting trends. What do you see just overall, give a a broad scope, uh, paint a broad picture here. What do you see as some of the top 2022 trends as it pertains to hitting that you like and some that you dislike? I have a couple that I kind of see on, on Twitter and whatnot that I dislike, but I'll let you start.
1: Yeah, and I'm not sure it's much different than, you know, last year. Um, I'm trying to think of any new stuff the the past couple months that I've seen. Nothing drastic. I I, I think hitting is – the cool part about what I do is I get to talk to people at every single level. So I I, I get to talk to big league inning coaches. I get to talk to – minor league hitting coaches, I get to talk to college hitting coaches, I get to talk to high school hitting coaches, I get to talk to amateur hitting coaches. And I will say that the upper levels, even in some of the big high school programs, they don't want guys trying to launch balls over the fence. Mm -hmm. You know, that's not, they're not trying to hit balls deep in the zone. They're not trying to get on plane really, really early. Um, at the high school level, you know, high school coaches want guys to, you know, they, they want guys to make solid contact. Yeah, that sort of thing. Um, whether good or whether good or bad, um, they want guys to get on base. You go to the college level, um, they still want guys to bunt. They, they want guys – they want to put pressure on defense at the college level and, and, and hope to, you know, get four or five outs an inning. At the big league level, you're obviously not going to get extra outs, you know, every inning. But you also – I'm I'm seeing those coaches talk more about, you know, getting the barrel out in front more. And if we dump it early, we're not going to be able to get it out in front. Or if we drop the barrel, we're not going to be able to catch up the high pitches. So at the higher levels um, it's, I I guess the best way to put this is um, what I see with social media and teaching amateurs we'll say 15, 16 years isn't matching what college and baseball wants. Um, And maybe, (laughs) I don't know what that means. I don't, I don't Mm -hmm. know if that means, Hey, these kids are being taught maybe some, some uh, uh, extreme moves, you know, with the, the, you know trying to create more torque some of those drills where they start wide open and then they snap their elbow and their hand maybe that leads to something great um at the college level or the professional level but it it doesn't seem to to kind of match up with what i'm seeing um and 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 that's tough like hitters are going to hit so if you're um i've seen hitters uh we'll say at the college level so i've seen college and in fact i can go to college softball so there's a very prominent.
0: Let uh, me ask you a question really quick. uh, And then I'll let you get that point out the Yankees quick story. When I don't know how many years ago, this was, I had somebody in the organization from a long time ago, no longer in the organization. In fact, no longer with us on earth passed away a couple Mm. of years ago. He said that what the Yankees would do, once you get drafted and you sign, you go into their player development system, you get 30 days to keep doing what you're doing. Improve prove to them and the higher-ups in the organization that you know what you're doing and that what you're doing is working, and then they change you and, and they want you to play Yankees baseball. So what you're alluding to, it seems like, from high school and players making that big jump to college, college coaches, and now, of course, player development systems across baseball as well if you're drafted out of high school, they want you integrated right away into what they feel is the type of swing you should have, right?
1: Yeah. It, you know, in the Yankees, that's, you know, a lot of clubs never did that. You know, right. They didn't give you 30 days. And that's tough because then it's like, well, oh, we'll let you do what you want to do. But in the end, you know, we're going to teach you to do something different. It's, it's very different than it was 10 or 15 years ago. I remember players that I would work with, um, we're talking probably in the 2000s, you know, 2010 at the most Mm -hmm. that would have to hide sometimes from coaches in spring training, like after lunch, uh, you know, that wanted to go do some crazy drills, you know, (laughs) where they were chopping straight down or hitting off a soft front leg, you know, front knee that was bent. And they would just kind of try to disappear. So they didn't have to go do that extra work, you know, Mm -hmm. after lunch if they didn't have a game in the afternoon. Um, It's much different now hitting is, you know, guys are good. You know, hitting coaches are, they really are like, you know, I, minor league hitting coaches got a bad rap probably when I was in the, and before, when I was in my, before video, before there was stuff, mm-hmm. you know, they were just kind of going off of cues that they had heard. Um, yeah. But now they, they look at video and they study and they see that, okay, you can't swing down too much. can't swing up too much. Like what's the best process for doing that? So I don't think players that are, that are leaving college and, and entering that environment are, are, are running into issues. Um, right. But yeah, it's, it's, it, so getting back to kind of what you were saying and, and what I was leading to, um, players sometimes don't know what they do. So this, this college that's, uh, you know, top 10, I think right now, maybe top 12 ranked team in the country, um, they, they have more of a hitting philosophy of, uh, you know, dropping the barrel, turning the barrel a little bit more, right? So I've seen it on social media. I've seen them doing some drills. And then I watch them in games, these athletes that have not done those moves for the last, you know, 15 years of their life. And I look at their swings. I'm like, they're not doing that at all. And they look great. Mm -hmm. So sometimes players don't really know exactly what they're doing. They can hit like they hit when they were 12. They hit when they were 14. They hit when they were 18. They're going to hit when they're 21. That's just the way it is. I don't care what you tell them to do. If they're elite athletes and you're recruiting them and they're going to be in your starting lineup, they probably have the right moves um and and trying to change them is is sometimes you know a little bit counterproductive so you know those those hitting trends that i see um things that i don't see anymore would be the the wide base no stride you know the the two strike approach where hey we're not we're not going to step anymore that was prevalent the last couple years i'm not seeing that as much um i'm still seeing people doing weird step in the with bucket hands right hands and elbows. What's
0: that? Stepping in the bucket. Stepping in the stepping. Stepping. Stepping in the bucket. You gotta learn how to enunciate.
1: Well, yeah. I mean that's just that's just bad. He's yeah. you know mm-hmm. so that, that's typically, you know, someone that has some kind of uh deep rooted fear of
0: getting hit. You know, and they'll, they'll kind of they'll, <laughs> don't tell that, they that they to Dustin Pedroia be right? though. What's that? Don't tell that to Dustin well, Pedroia.
1: Don't tell, but at least Pedroia knew he did it, and he got so close to the plate that yeah. it didn't matter. You yeah. know, or, or Chris Davis does the same thing, right? Chris yeah. Davis said, I don't know where he went, but.
0: Also, in our archives, Chris, we did a mechanical breakdown series on him.
1: Of that Chris Davis with a K. Was he the he, Rangers he does, or
0: something? Uh, he does step in the bucket a little, bit, a little bit. Huge.
1: Yeah, he does. But he steps close to the plate. He lets the ball travel enough, and he's strong enough to strong enough to do it. So yeah, I will say so far this year in the three months that we've been going, I don't say anything drastically different than the, the crazy stuff <laughs> that I've seen the, the past three years. And what um, kind of crazy is,
0: stuff have you seen that you, Well,
1: you, the, do, the, you know, the stuff where we're just pretty much loading everything into our right side, yeah. into our right hip, into our right scapula, into our right elbow, into our right hand. And just, Turning and snapping or twisting or whatever word you want to use it's for like,
0: it. Uh, what's that uh, game? What was that game? Uh, twist? Uh, not Twister. Um,
1: twister was a game.
0: It was a game, but it the the it was um, uh, it had a voice to it. You know, it, um, it was like pull it, and then we go. It was it was popular when I was when I was a kid. I used yeah, to play. Yeah, I, pull it, and then you, you you tap it, and then you you twist it, and you know what I'm talking. Yeah. Redison Jimbo Podcast Twenty One at gmail.com. Yeah, we know
1: yeah. JJ. It's the lighting know, that's
0: really fucking because JJ nice,
1: keeps <laughs> he keeps us on our toes.
0: Yeah, he would probably know,
1: and 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 we need to know that for sure, JJ. Right. If you're listening, make sure you figure that one out. But yeah, I mean that's kind of the 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 big stuff that I'm seeing, and I still see you know um, uh, you know some of the defensive stuff you know in college guys getting real wide with two strikes and putting balls in play I just I I feel like the game is so spread out you know at the young age people are just trying to hit jacks all the time because you know they're they're big kids you know if you're playing majors and you're a big 12 year old or 13 year old and the fence isn't that big you can just hit tanks all the time and then all of a sudden you get to like a 60-90 field And those tanks are all fly balls that are 260 feet to the outfielders or 300 feet to the outfielders. So, you know, we have to make sure we're preparing for a future. That's stronger. You know, if you look at his hit tracks data, he's in like the top uh, 90% of players his age and how hard and how far he hits it. Right. So, yeah, that's great. The fence right now. I'm sorry. Who's this now?
0: I missed it. 30
1: feet. Uh, Player that I worked with today. Okay. Michael. Michael Branham. Good kid. Colorado. Mm -hmm. Okay. And he hits it good and we're working on timing because he gets a little jumpy and we're working on being slower and more control because I'm preparing him for when he plays in high school. Mm-hmm. Like I know he could go out right now and overmatch the field because he's, he's stronger than most of the players at his age. And it, and he knows, you know, and his his dad's like, yeah, man, this, it doesn't, this is great right now. I hope he hits home runs when we go to, you know, uh, Cooperstown, you know, where the fences are 200 feet and everybody has a good time, but mm-hmm. you know, we're not preparing for that. We have to prepare his swing, his swing plan, his ability to make adjustments, his ability to time different pitches and different deliveries. We need to prepare him for that. So that's my job as as a coach is, you know, I I want you to do well when you're 10 or 12 or 13, but I really want you to do well when you're 16 or 18 or 20.
0: Right, right, right. Um, and, and
1: in order to do that, getting back to our topic, in order to do that, you pretty much have to do the same thing that they've been doing since Shoeless Joe was hitting. Right. And, and maybe guy. there's another way to do it. Uh, like, if you could find another way to swing the bat super fast, you know, instead of Major League average 78 to 82 mile an hour bat speed, all of a sudden you can swing at 110.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay, that will make a drastic difference. It's kind of like what pitchers have done, right? Pitchers have found a way to make a ball spin differently. Yeah. You know, by by placing more pressure, but but pitching yeah. is more you know, substances. or substances make a huge deal, right? But hitting, but pitchers pitchers are bringing it. Hitters, we're defensive. We're in a defensive position. We're a goalie, and they're hitting slap shots at us. Yeah. So you know, we we don't have the ability to tweak and to tinker and to make things. So we have to do what's most consistent, and that's been the test of time. Like we have to get our barrel in this zone. And we have to try to stay in this zone with this pitch that's moving and breaking uh, on these axes as long as we can. And there's certain things you have to do with your body, which is kind of the Epstein, if you will, quote core mechanics. Like that's the mm-hmm. basics, the basis of everything that I teach players, whether they're they're seven years old. We have some players in the online academy that are seven, mm-hmm. or or whether they're 27. Like you need to fit in this mold, and that mold, like I said, you could look at videos of 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 Shoeless Joe or Ty Cobb, obviously, you know, Ruth and Garrick and all those guys too. But there's certain things that they all do. And that's what Ted Williams said. They do, and my dad, they they do three things. You know, they, 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 from launch through extension, man, that's where we got to match up. So until somebody can find a way to, to snap their body or their wrists or their hands or their elbows or their hips or whatever to make the barrel move Uh, You know, 110 miles an hour, and instead of getting to contact in 0.15 seconds, which is major league average, they can get to contact in 0.10 seconds, then you could change the game. But uh, until that happens, I, I, I don't think there's a need to make a wholesale change on
0: what big league players do. Right, and Um, and people forget that big league bat speed is seventy-seven. Still, even to this day, seventy-two, yeah, eighty-two miles per hour. And there
1: are guys that have more than that. Bryce Harper has uh, ninety-plus mile an hour bat speed. Yeah, okay, that's a rarity, though. Albert Pujols, you once
0: said, had his peak had a seventy-seven mile per hour bat speed. I
1: think he was eighty. Yeah, I think he he was right in the middle, average, average bat speed.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What about um, mentally? What do you see? 2022 hitting trends, where do you see it going mentally approach wise for people? You know, we talked earlier in the show about trying to beat the shift, but approach wise,
1: Yeah, I, I think and I you know, I, I like this and I don't I I hear some people, I mean, definitely hear big league coaches talking about it, but um <sighs> And I have to share this actually. Mm-hmm. So I heard from my cousin Sawyer, who plays at Harvard, right? They're playing at San Luis Obispo tonight and, uh, or whatever night this is. Uh. They played him on Friday night. Yeah. The 11th. They mm-hmm. played him on Friday night. And the pitcher they were going against is, uh, he's awesome. Whoever mm-hmm. this pitcher, their Friday night starter for Cal Poly is a stud, and he's got like a 70 rated uh, changeup. And he strikes out, he's, every game he's pitched, he struck out double digits, guys, right? So his dad asked Sawyer, again, Harvard, right? And I've had a lot of hitting talks with Sawyer. His dad says, so are you going to sit on that changeup? And Sawyer says, you're an idiot. Why would I sit on a guy that throws a 70-rated changeup? <laughs> I got to hope he makes a mistake. I got to sit on a fastball. I have to tunnel that fastball. And hopefully I get one above the knees that I can get a good swing off of. And if I don't, he's probably going to bury that change up and he's going to get me with two straights. Yeah. And that's what hitting is. So I think approach is huge. I think we have to, I think players are smarter. I think coaches are smarter. I think we, we have a plan. I remember when my dad wrote the book, The Mental Side of Hitting, it, it was groundbreaking because people just, oh, we just go up and hit. We just react. We see a pitch and react. And then when you'd hear big leaguers say, "Oh yeah, I was late on a fastball, so I was gonna look for another fastball." I figured he wasn't gonna slow my bat down, throw me a slider. So, and all of a sudden, people are like, "Oh geez, maybe these guys are actually looking for pitches." You know, maybe they're they have a plan. And now all of a sudden, approach is huge, right? What's what's the plan? What's the approach of this guy? So, I think tunneling. I think when uh, the approach right now is when you're ahead in the count. I think um, Dylan Lawson, you know, the new Yankees hitting coach. Look, we're looking to hit hittable pitches hard. Like that's our goal. You know, if we get a hittable pitch, we want to have a get a swing off that that barrels it up, and we we maximize our exit below, Right. We're trying to hit a pitch hard. So, how do we do that? Well, we have to get a hittable pitch. Mm-hmm. And I remember a guy that used to sign all his emails: get a good pitch to hit. And my dad. and That's how he signed. I, ever since email came out, mm-hmm. it would be he'd write an email at the bottom. He'd say. You know, get a good pitch to hit, Mike Epstein. And that's what it's all about. It all starts with getting a good pitch to hit. So so tunneling and knowing what that good pitch to hit is, is it your pitch or is it the pitcher's pitch that he throws most often? So yeah. if you're facing Kumar Rocker, who throws hammers all the time, and you're a terrible breaking ball hitter, don't look for the breaking ball, Like you're going to lose. You know, sit there and sit on that fastball and don't miss it. What if you don't get a
0: fastball, huge- though?
1: Then you don't get a fastball. Well, hopefully he can't throw that hammer for three straight strikes or he can't throw it, you know, he can't throw it for three strikes. You don't help him out by chasing one. And if he throws it for three straight strikes and you take them all, Mm -hmm. you tip your cap and say, okay, now I'm going to have to sit on that breaking ball. But you want to sit on your best pitch first. Now, hopefully you can hit both. Hey, if I'm looking for a curveball, man, I can hit a curveball. Why? Because my awesome hitting coach told me how to do that. Mm -hmm. Coach Ebb said, hey, man, you got to slow down your rhythm if we're going to look at that. We're going to look for a ball to pop. We're going to do, you know, you're put through those scenarios so that, hey, I'm facing a guy with a good breaking ball. I'm going to have to sit on it. What is the adjustment I make? I know what that adjustment is. I'm sitting in the on-deck circle telling myself what that adjustment is. Boom, I get into the batter's box and I'm ready to go.
0: Second week in a row, you've mentioned Kumar Rocker. Noticing him.
1: I know. I feel like he needs some love. I don't even know where he is right now. Um, what's he doing?
0: I think he might be might be re-entering the draft. Yeah, I think, but
1: he's not playing college.
0: No, he was in. I think he might have been in in in. in, in, in yeah, can you say it for me? I can't say it.
1: Independent. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what he's doing. Hopefully, he's rehabbing and getting strong because that guy's really like special him? when he's on. Do you
0: like him more than lighter? I'm. I'm getting that no. feel.
1: Okay. No. I didn't say that i just said he's very special when i did you
0: did i was that's why i asked
1: and he's a he's a competitor like i would i'd line up behind that guy like him more than lighter no i don't i just wish you mm-hmm.
0: would mm.
1: throw that 95 mile an hour fastball more so that mm. his breaking ball was because his breaking ball is off the charts good yeah but when you throw your breaking ball 60 percent of the time you know it takes
0: its toll So the title of this segment or this mini segment could be Ep is in love with the (laughs) rocker. Would you be mad if that was the title of it?
1: (laughs) That's fine. There's far worse people I could be in love with. (laughs) Where is this episode
0: gone? Good question. Where do you see hitting trends in 2022 going? Great segue.
1: I don't know. I think they're going – I don't know. We'll have to find out. We'll have to revisit this in November mm-hmm. after the season and see what the trends are. I think that it's getting a little bit back to hitting as we know it. I don't know. Can you say that? Um, I guess it's aligning more with what I've I've taught and I mm-hmm. teach currently. I I feel like it's not as – Abstract as it was a couple years ago. And mm. maybe because MLB Network really puts out pretty good stuff. Yeah. You know, they they break a lot of swings down now. They interview big leaguers. What do you think about? Um, did you see the stuff with Soto?
0: No, I saw I, I saw the stuff with um Donaldson though,
1: while well back. Okay. No, it was just soto. I think I put it on my Twitter account. Um, and it was like so Soto's a guy that's, that guy like tries to hit Jack. Yeah. Like he swings, he's trying to launch balls and he swings up a fairly decent amount. Okay. Uh, he doesn't have a barrel dump, but his attack angle is more in that 15 plus range, right? He's swinging mm-hmm. up more, but he's an incredible athlete and incredible hitter. Right. So he still, still runs into balls and, and, and doesn't hit for, you know, he doesn't, I don't know what he hits, but he probably hits a 270, 280, somewhere around there. Okay. Um, but they're showing him, and he's taking his knob and hitting the ball in in soft toss. Somebody's soft tossing a ball, and he's taking his knob straight down to it. Mm -hmm. And he's closed off, and he's trying to swing down in BP. This is like during the season last year. So all of a sudden, you, you see a guy who swings up a decent amount, but now ESP or Major League Baseball Network is doing behind the scenes on what he's working on, and they're like, interesting like that's what he's working on this is what happens during the game like that's his routine you know some players you maybe have to work on swinging up right maybe we talked about um why can i think of his name for the dodgers we did a Bellinger. review on him oh no the right Mookie. Mookie. no the other one oh taylor taylor Chris yes. taylor right you Still know taylor free pretty- no is he free
0: no go ahead i'm sorry
1: no, I think he, no, he th- resigned with the Dodgers. Yeah. You think he resigned with the Dodgers? But I think Taylor was probably a guy that naturally swung down quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, he's trying now to get balls in the air and swing up more, where Soto's probably a guy that swings up naturally too much. So he's trying to go. So everybody is their own person. You have to know what you do. You have to have hopefully a qualified hitting coach or, mm-hmm. or parent that can use video and explain it. And that's why the- my online academy is so popular because here it is in video, like not everybody's the same, you know, Mr. Slovenia is going to come in. I don't know what that swing's going to like. Maybe there he's chopped down a ton and mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, here's where you are. Here's where you need to be. You might have to think about swinging up. Maybe he collapses and swings up too much. And I got to say, okay, we need to swing down more. You need to use your bottom hand, whatever it is. Every player is different. Every player has a different feel that works for them. And when you find that as a coach, you have to write it down. You have to put, I I always put it on a voiceover. Like here's your voiceover. This is what we were talking about. This is the words you used to me on what you were feeling. And this is why, boom. So listen to this video, go write the notes down, stick it on your mirror. So you see it every single day when you're whatever, doing your hair, putting your contacts in or brushing your teeth, whatever it is, because your cues and your feels are different than everyone else.
0: All right. So that wraps up this episode, 2022 hitting trends next week. We are discussing blocking out distractions on the field and off the field Eesh. to maximize your success as a hitter.
1: Well, what about the distraction of the university of Texas bullpen catcher taking a shot from a clap from a flastering a game the other night. You see that one? I didn't No. That's a distraction.
0: He took, a, he took <laughs> like an me. alcohol shot. Yeah. Really? Like
1: like, yeah. Like, <sighs> like a fan gave him a flask and he kind of hunched down, took really? a rip from it. Yeah, and it got caught on. I'm assuming he's a bullpen catcher, like he's the student manager. He's not a, mm, you, know, yeah, a but... you know, he's not a Well, there's a player. lesson in
0: there for everybody. Oh cameras God, poor, and cameras in 2022 are always on you no matter what you're always doing always on you and phones, there's your everything. outside
1: influence that kid i mean even though he was and maybe he is a, a roster guy but even if he's not he's a student manager nah, the number no. one team in the country
0: not a good luck
1: and you're going to get kicked off yeah or you're going to be a cult hero one of the two
0: what would you do if you were his head coach
1: I had to get rid of him.
0: Okay. Yeah. Now, what now, would be, were, what would be the reasoning behind it? He embarrassed the program. He wasn't living up to the standards of the, what, yeah, what would be the it, reasoning?
1: Yeah. Expectations. Like you're, yeah. you know, you're a, you're a Texas, yeah. you're a, you're a Texas longhorn. You know, you, you can't number one, interact with the fans like that. And number two, you can't drink alcohol from a during a game. Like
0: that's You know, who? Uh, you know, Texas is a very, I mean, obviously a well-endowed program, but they run things professionally. You know who's in I think, I don't know if he's still there. Yeah, we'll we'll say We'll say for who was, just for context purposes. Still is. Okay, he still is. You know who's still there? Tulo? Tulo.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Tulo's
0: still there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Tulo
1: being, now if Tulo had a rip, it's okay, because, you know, he's the
0: volunteer assistant. Right, and he, he yeah. made a lot of money in his career. He couldn't care <laughs> less if he got fired.
1: He's giving back, yeah. That would be yeah. interesting to see where Tulo ends up, though. Like, he, he really wants to be a college coach.
0: When he, was know, with, like he... when he was with the Blue Jays, I swear to you, I used to run into his wife and their son, hmm. um, like, almost every game. Just randomly walking around. I could be walking and, and I would just see them. And it got to a point where it was, it became like a, hi, hey. And, and I had to introduce myself because I saw her and the son and somebody else in Tulo's camp literally every time. I literally had to introduce myself. And at towards the end, it, it became, oh, hey, hey, Jim, how's it going? It was, it was, I don't want to say bizarre, but it was just all the time I would see. The yeah. Tulowitzky family.
1: That's pretty cool. Yeah. He was special. You know, I, he was a really fun guy to watch for a long time here in Denver. And, you know, I, I think that, <clears throat> excuse me, the injuries caught up to him, yeah. which was a bummer because he was, he was electric, that guy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And he retired pretty young too, early thirties. Hey, uh, what do you have coming up at the lab? And of course on the online hitting Academy as well.
1: Yeah. So the online hitting Academy is going crazy right now. So mm-hmm. jump on board with that. Um, I can probably only handle about eight more players. It's so it's so busy. So it's kind of a one in one out deal just for for time commitment. But you know, this is a busy time of year. Is players are just starting to hit the field, um, and I love game film because it you know it tells me where their timing is, where their rhythm is, what we need to work on. Is there a mechanical issue? Is it a timing issue? But a lot of times you can't see that when players are just taking batting practice off, you know, dad or a machine or a tee. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that sounds pretty crazy. The lab, I'm gonna—we're heading down there next week actually as a family uh, for spring break, so get to see all the the players there. But um, we're cruising because the high school season's underway there, so getting all those guys in during the week is is really important. So for the lab, we're just doing what we do, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, we're preparing players for for competition, which is now, you know, especially yeah. in Texas, you know, there's tournaments every weekend. Um, And then we're prepared for our our summer training. We're going to switch up our summer camps this year and and do more uh, very small group, uh, more advanced training instead of your normal summer camp where, hey, let's sign Johnny up. You know, school's out. There's, you know, 30 other people out there in this group. We're going to do really small groups of six players with a professional coach where they're actually going to learn something and get better throughout the course of that three or four hours each day. So um, we're, we're really excited for that new model and, and get that thing launched this summer.
0: All righty. Next week, Blocking Out Distractions, episode 92. Thank you for listening. Watching on the YouTube side, email us podcast 21 at gmail.com and follow us on social media. And what do you have to lose? I don't even post that much on social media. but when you do it's magic right yeah so what do you have to lose okay see you later everybody we will talk to you next week thank you very much for watching and listening see you next week